I have very clear memories of seeing Robbie Benson's entire um, underwear area. <laughs> and we were trying to look at his little package and see what we could see. And I can remember feeling both um, a little bit grossed out, like I don't want to look, but at the same time, I can't take my eyes away. Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, a podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who got their sex ed from after school specials and their knowledge of the Constitution from Schoolhouse Rock. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we're discussing the tragic, heartbreaking, an uplifting story of broken dreams, true love, creepy older men, and a bunch of unseen roses. It's one of our very favorite movies, Ice Castles. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Lexi is a 16-year-old figure skater living in a small farming town in Iowa who is coached by Beulah, the crotchety old character who owns the rundown bowling alley slash ice rink in town and may or may not also be Rocky Balboa's coach. Lexi's boyfriend Nick has dreams of playing professional ice hockey, even though he will most likely die a horrible death because he never wears a helmet on his head of luscious hair. He and Beulah convince Lexi's overprotective and ruggedly handsome dad to let Lexi compete in the regionals, where she catches the eye of a professional coach who wants to train her, even though Lexi is too old and does not have a Dorothy Hamill haircut. Lexi is given a fancy hot roller hairdo that matches her new coaches and a bunch of clothes suitable for a middle-aged woman and becomes the skating world's new it girl, much to Nick's dismay. Meanwhile, 16-year-old Lexi begins a wildly inappropriate and legitimately criminal relationship with a man who is twice her age that no one seems to find disturbing. One night, at a fancy party in her honor, Lexi freaks out and goes out to skate it off and crash lands into some metal patio tables when she tries a triple jump and bashes her head in, over and over and over again. The injury causes a blood clot in her brain that causes her mostly blindness, so she goes back to small-town Iowa and basically becomes a crazy, irate recluse with cracked lips who does not know how to use a hairbrush. Nick returns and, through a bit of vindictive retaliation and tough love, helps her regain her skating talent. They profess their love for each other and then go have sex in the bowling alley office. For some cruel reason, it is decided that Lexi should skate at the upcoming sectionals, but only on the condition that no one knows she's blind. She skates a flawless performance and the crowd goes crazy and starts tossing roses onto the ice, which Lexi obviously can't see. Lexi, the flowers! Nick yells too late as Lexi stumbles on their stems and falls. The crowd is stunned into silence until Nick, with tears streaming down his face, walks slowly to her and picks her up. We forgot about the flowers, he says, and walks her to the center of the ice while the crowd stands and cheers for the blind skater and her sweet, age-appropriate boyfriend. also has one of the best theme songs of any movie ever. You guys, are you dying right now? Agree, agree, agree. And when you said the words, please, 
don't let this feeling end. I think they got me right there. Like with the uh, first five words or whatever it is. They got me. I was just like, <gasps> oh. oh, I know. And you know what? This song, um, to me, it epitomizes the 70s. If you look at who wrote the music, the lyrics, and who sings it. So it's Marvin Hamlish mm-hmm. did the music. Carol Bayer Sayer. Yep. Carol Bayer Sayer wrote the lyrics. I can't say it either. And, um, yeah, and Melissa Manchester sang it. I mean, come on, people. Trifecta. I know. Yes. Totally. That's the song, too, you guys, that um, we can name that tune in two notes, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the first notes of that song. Like, when you're watching the movie, that's how it starts. It's just an icy... I mean, we're it's in Minnesota. Well, it's supposed to be in Iowa, but it was filmed in Minnesota. So it's a very familiar landscape to us. It's just this kind of barren, icy field, um, snow-covered field, and it's quiet at first when the movie starts. There's a moment where there's nothing, and then those piano notes start, right? And it just, it just gets you. It was, and I mean, it's so effective. Every... It's such yeah, an effective emotional moment. And mm-hmm. that song, do you guys notice that, this isn't um, unusual in a lot of movies, but the song is used as the background of basic throughout basically the entire yes. movie her first skating competition she skates to a real jazzy version of it um and it's played in um a lot of the kind of poignant moments obviously um she skates at the end to it the uh, without uh, lyrics you know just the instrumental version um but it's used i think really well throughout the whole movie and i think it's used pointedly to make us emotional mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really um, like a character almost. I mean, it is such mm-hmm. a part of that movie and then a part of um, our adolescence. Because my husband, I made him watch it with me when we rewatched. And he, those first few notes, and he said, I think somebody played this at any high school party I ever went to where there was a piano. <laughs> like some girl would uh-huh. go over to the piano bench and just start that, you know, playing yeah, that. Yeah, just so the beginning. I did not Every play the piano. piano recital for, from 1978 to 1985 <laughs> probably had this. Okay, so guys, what is your memory of this movie? Why was it important um, to you and why is it so memorable, memorable to you? Um, why did it leave such a lasting impression, do you think? Yeah, I um, there are two levels to this, I think, because um, this was one of the first movies that I think I got dropped off at a movie theater and paid for my own ticket with babysitting money. And when it was over, I had to call my parents on a payphone and say, it's over, come pick us up now. So there is, when I watch it, there's also this feeling of like, kind of independence and um, grown-upness because the movie has kind of an adulter theme for when you think about how old I was Um, and so that's part of it for me is this kind of um, coming of age that I experience when I watch it Um, and then of course it's it's just the romance of it the scene where they are in the snow like after she skated and that was like I wanted that moment with someone. Now, granted, mm-hmm. I lived in Texas, so it was going to be really hard to recreate that moment. But I just thought having a boyfriend and, like, rolling around and kissing in the <laughs> snow was, like, beyond. That was the epitome of cute. And, that was um, your that was your running on the beach fantasy. It, mm-hmm. it really was. Snowmobile I, ride with a boyfriend. I, I forgot how, what that meant to me until I saw it again. And really, like, my heart kind of skipped a beat. And I thought, yes, I remember thinking that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Literally and figuratively. I mean, yeah, when well, he's just, like pretty much laying on top of her in the snow when they get off the snowmobile, and 
they just look, they gaze into each other's eyes, and then he kisses her. And you guys, it's a really good kiss. They do have good chemistry. I mean, when I watched it again recently, I was like, dang, that boy could kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was fun, again, being there um, without parents or whatever and just with my friend, you know, kind of giggling because, you know, I was 12 or whatever. So um, it was kind of those moments in the movie that seemed a little, um, I don't know, not risque necessarily. Mm-hmm. But when the risque for you. Well, yeah, when you're mm-hmm. 12 and you, know, you giggle with a friend and not worry that your mom was sitting next to you or something. Mm-hmm. What about you, um, Kristen? For me, so I'm the only native Minnesotan in the group, quasi-native. I moved here when I was little. Um, and this was made in Minnesota. So this elevates the movie about 100 times, right? When the right. movie was made here, all the people lined up in their ski jackets and their pom-pom hats so that they could be in the stadium scenes. Um, oh. And they were, uh, most of the people that I know that were in it were in scenes at the Met Stadium, mm-hmm. which is now gone, and it is now the Mall of America. Right, right. So, and they used that, just fun fact, they used that because... It had the best ice in the country. Because that's where the North Stars played. Mm-hmm. Like the fastest yes. ice, the best ice. Yep. Yes. But just like the Sean Cassidy concert from the year before, I learned about this opportunity <laughs> when it had already happened. Oh, and I'm I so sorry. was crushed. I was crushed that this had happened and I wasn't there to be in the movie. And so when I watch the movie, there's a little bit of, there's a tinge of regret. That I missed out on this. And I still, I look in the in the scenes for people that I know. I've never found anybody. There were thousands and thousands of people there. And there, when I was little, this is so dumb, I actually was really resentful toward my parents for not making this happen. Like, why didn't you know? And why didn't you tell me and take me? As if it was their responsibility to seek these mm-hmm. things out and put me in a movie. I don't know. But that's how your mind works when you're 10. I I think um, for me, it was like Carolyn said, it was the romance of it. I I have to wonder. So when it came out in 78 and it was just like I said, it was December 31st, 1978. So I'm nine. I'm closing in on 10. Um, I I have no memory of if I saw it in the theater. I'm sure I did. My memories are more of watching it over and over again years later when we would be at slumber parties and you would be at the person's house who had a VCR, you know, when those... So that would have been, you know, three, four years later. Um, But I have memories burned of being at sleepovers and watching certain scenes over and over again, most namely the one where Robbie Benson's and his tidy whities on the mm-hmm. telephone, we would pause it and we would all try to investigate the area to see what we could see. <laughs> they never come down far enough. Um, Clearly, I, In my this. memory, they do. And I'm wondering if when I watched it the other day, because now, you know, I have this big, te- big ass TV that like stretches it sideways. Yes. I'm wondering. It was I, cut off. Not I it. actually it have, cut off. I have <laughs> very clear memories. Was. I have very clear memories of seeing Robbie Benson's entire um, underwear area, <laughs> and we were trying to look at his little package and see what we could see. And I can remember feeling both um, a little bit grossed out, like I don't want to look, but at the same time I can't take my eyes away. Yeah, you know, because I'm probably at this point now, like 11, 12 yeah. years old. You know, a couple years later, um, but. For me, it was just the magic and just the thrill of the the ice skating element. Like, I loved, I actually um, dabbled in ice skating a little, took some lessons here and there when I was um, little, had a little blue skating dress. Um, 
but I never learned to do anything than skate forward and backward. Um, <laughs> I, I think, Carolyn, you bring up a good point. I think it was one of the first movies maybe we all kind of got to see that was kind of grown-up-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and it was still PG, so we could still go by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And keep mm-hmm. in mind, too, this is only two years um, away from Dorothy Hamill and the 1976 Olympics. Right? right. And so we were still riding on a high of figure skating and the Dorothy Hamill haircut. So many Dorothy Hamill haircuts in this movie. Oh, I was just golly. about to say, that's one so thing. Many. That's the first thing my husband said when he was watching and she goes to the camp in Colorado. He's like, every single one of them has a Hamill, yeah. has a Dorothy oh, yeah. Hamill haircut. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And you could tell when they spun because the people for whom it worked, they would spin. And then you see the... It's just like Dorothy Hamill. The hair is flying out. And it wasn't until watching it last night where I was like, that's where the Dorothy Hamill haircut comes Uh from. It's from the spin. But if you have hair like mine, it's not going to spin like that. It's just going (laughs) to stick on your head like a hair stack. The ponytail that keeps coming out, like, you know, like her polo ponytail. Okay, let's just just get into it. Shall we just get into it now? (laughs) Let's get Um, into it. Okay, we're going to start with Robbie Benson because he's so damn cute in this movie. So Robbie Benson was 22 years old. And he was already a teen idol, uh, most notably for Ode to Billy Joe in 1976. Um, oh, and this is a fun fact, you guys. He had a, he had screen tested for the role of Luke Skywalker in Star Wars that year. Can you believe that? Whoa. That took me a minute. That that made me pause because I started to envision Star Wars mm-hmm. with Robbie Benson instead. <laughs> no, that voice. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have understood anything Luke no, Skywalker said. Right. It's not the same. But I may yeah. have enjoyed yeah. it. I just would have enjoyed it in a in a Sean Cassidy way instead of an intrigue yeah. way. I think yeah. they made a wise choice with Mark Hamill. What do you guys think? I think so, too. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so Robbie Benson learned to ice skate and play hockey for Ice Castles. Um, although, you guys, they somehow forgot to mention the importance of wearing helmets. Oh, Did my you God. Guys, the first okay. thing I noticed watching it this now? Oh yeah, my gosh. so when I was a kid, that went right over my head. You know, right. we didn't think about it. We also didn't ride bicycles with helmets back no. then. Right. But watching it now as a 51-year-old it looks um, like they're naked. woman and a mom, I was so worried yeah. for all those boys last weekend <laughs> that they were going to yeah. crash. And but then get... it makes you remember. So I don't even know. Did you guys have hockey teams? Oh, yeah. You... My boyfriend in high school mm-hmm. was a hockey mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. Okay. So watching like if you would watch the north stars or something like right. that that's what they looked like and it is so bizarre to see it now but it makes me realize you know you got the hockey flow right you got the hair and it's whipping around and it's sweaty and that's what hockey looked like in the 70s wait, yeah wait 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 even the professional teams didn't wear helmets no, yeah no helmets. they did not what? wear helmets no helmets some of them didn't have teeth yeah those guys were like missing teeth and the yeah. only person that had like some kind of head covering would be the goalie I had no idea. Yeah, the goalie oh, yeah. had the helmet and the mask and the gloves, and everybody else was just out there freeballing it. Here's a question for you guys. We we just recently talked about crushes, and none of us mentioned Robbie Benson. How did you feel about Robbie Benson either before this movie or then after? I loved, I didn't love Robbie Benson. I loved Nick. Mm-hmm. And so Nick, for me in the movie, was the ideal boyfriend, and but it, it didn't go with me out of the movie theater where I started learning about Robbie Benson and buying the Robbie Benson Tiger Beat and getting a poster for my wall. It was just Nick. And Nick was not Nick without Lexi. So it was really the relationship between the two of them that Mm -hmm. I loved. But I, of course, enjoyed looking at him more than I enjoyed Mm -hmm. looking at her. Well, um, my first exposure to Robbie Benson would have been the year before in a movie called One on One, which Mm -hmm. is one of my favorites. Um, He played all the basketball in that movie, too. Yes, he did play. And he was a much better basketball player than hockey Mm -hmm. player. Let's just 
admit that. My, yeah. That was another thing my husband said. What? I can skate better than that. I'm 56 years old. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and now he's going to try out with the North Stars. No, that was so not believable. <laughs> but um, Robbie in one-on-one, that is when I fell in love. I loved basketball. Um, so I love that movie. I love the storyline. Uh, and I rewatched it last night just for this because I wanted to refresh my memory. And I've got a couple of fun Carolyn facts for you oh, that I'm excellent. just going to, to share. One is that um, Melanie Griffith, that's like one of her first appearances in a movie. She's and they even give her like top billing when they have the thing in the beginning. But she's this hitchhiker. I don't know how much you remember of the movie, but uh-uh. he drives to L.A. and his car breaks down and she kind of, she she's a hitchhiker no no um notable part for her really but um the uh soundtrack is all seals and crofts music oh, so it is? um yes so oh, if I you listen you're that. immediately thrown back in time and of course I didn't and this was this. a made for tv movie right Carolyn? no i believe this was in the movie theaters yeah i think it was oh too, maybe yeah. i just saw it on tv then okay so i, I felt the same way you did carolyn i um I wasn't a Robbie Benson fan, like, after one-on-one, and you'd see his picture in Tiger Beat. And there was just something about, I don't know if it was lips or something, that I just, I, it rubbed me the wrong way. He wasn't my favorite until Ice Castles. And I think it was the hair. I don't know. It was, the it was, was everything. Even though special. he couldn't speak in Ice Castles, let's be, let's be real. Right. The hair and just kind of the brooding boyfriend, but then the kissing and the... And then he come at the end, he's, you know, he's going to come back into her life and forgive her and... Um, I was a fan of Nick, but never um, actually Robbie Benson. So it's really the relationship we wanted. Mm-hmm. Even though he was a little bit, I well, know he's hair. only, yeah, and the hair and the tidy whities No, I take that back. Tidy whities are <laughs> no, not sexy. No, because remember, I was kind of, I was a little repulsed by the tidy whities Yeah. Whenever, you know, all the other girls were like, let's pause it. There was a little bit of me that was like, okay, but then kind of crying, like, okay, no. <laughs> tidy whities make me think I'm going to go like, get some more Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring you some Doritos while you wash that tidy yeah. when you're done. Yeah, tidy whities are what little boys wear, even when they pee their pants. They have tidy whities. That's what I think of when I see tidy whities. It's not sexy interesting um choice though at the director he's like all right now robbie in this scene you're going to answer the phone but guess what drop your drawers that (laughs) that is on purpose right yeah for sure was that for us because why yeah for sure that was in one-on-one as well he had 13 year old girls at the slumber parties christmas shower scenes and you know in the locker room and then at annette o'toole's yeah it's gratuitous for sure Mm -hmm. okay so now that we all we all we love nick let's talk about nick so while this movie is centered on lexi and her rise and fall nick goes through a fairly big trajectory himself um, from quitting medical school and not knowing what he wants to do with his life to giving pro hockey a shot and watching his dreams crash when lexi's are rising to witnessing the pedophile kiss his girlfriend to choosing to rebuild his relationship with her after everything they'd been through it's a lot yeah, and it's something that went over my head when I was 10, right? Like, this there's, this is really a m- movie of parallel paths and dual trajectories. It's his versus Lexi's and whose is rising and whose is not and who pulls who out of the gutter. That's really what this story is about. And it wasn't until I watched it as an adult, well, last night in particular, <laughs> where every time he said something, I would be like, Nick, are you talking about Lexi or are you talking about yourself? You right? can understand him. but he there are times where he challenges her about being afraid um and she doesn't challenge him back like well what about you you quit the north stars 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's one very important point where he where they're at the table and he's trying to say that yes, Lexi can compete even though she's blind and her dad's like, No, she can't. And Robbie Benson says, Not trying is pointless and cruel. Not trying is wondering your whole life if you gave up too soon. And I was like, Is it Robbie Benson? Did you give up too soon on your medical mm-hmm. career or right. your career with the North Stars? And now you're in this town doing what? Just hanging out with Lexi? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I and um and that, I think those were the um, most sentences you strung together in the entire movie was that <laughs> right. like monologue at the kitchen or the dining room table or whatever, because um I'm sure it went over my head then uh, that story arc, but now watching it, I'm like, could we have fleshed these characters out a little bit more? I mean, you had For to sure. really read a lot into some of this to kind of get that storyline out of it. I would have liked a little more backstory and um, it was kind of annoying to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, but- and I think that um, one of the things that, again, watching this as as an adult last weekend, um, that I actually appreciated about his character. So after Lexi's um, back home and she's blind and dad's got her back out on the ice and she's trying to walk and then nick shows which is up. so sweet by the way that yes. is that's one of my favorite scenes it is in the sweet, whole yeah. movie when daddy is helping her on the mm-hmm. ice and then she falls and then nick's the one to pick her up and and you're watching this and i what i remember my memory of this from um you know, 1978, 1980 is, oh, and Nick comes back and he still loves her and he's going to help her. And that's, that's my only memory. But what I love about this character and what I love about the writing of this character is that as an adult, you see that, no, he's, he's a little vindictive. And when he just like lets her go and he just makes her go, he actually admits to the dad, like, basically no i was pissed and i kind of wanted her to fall like i i don't know if that's what he says but i wanted to hurt her Mm -hmm. yeah and i kind of that's real that's Mm -hmm. that's a real thing and i don't remember i don't remember um getting that as a kid i guess um all i I was um, getting was the romance of it that is a pivot point in the movie the whole movie hinges on that one moment because she's fallen she um cannot see and he's in the woods and he's watching her and he walks over and he holds his hand out to her and he says, here, there's a hand out in front of you. Grab it. And she says, I mean, right there, that alone, that line is the pivot mm-hmm. point. And she says, I can't see you very well. I don't know if you're kidding, which breaks my heart. And he says, just <laughs> listen to my voice. I'm not kidding. And that's where the movie becomes about the two of them getting her back on track. Then there's Alexis, yeah. or Lexi, the name I, for years and years and years after this movie, was absolutely certain I was going to name my daughter. Top of my top of my name list. I did not, as you all know, <laughs> by the way. So Lynn Holly Johnson was actually a figure skater. She'd won the silver medal at the 1974 U.S. Figure Skating Championships, but coincidentally, an injury had forced her to go pro, and she was, at the time, skating in the ice capades... When the producers were introduced to her, do you guys remember the ice capades? I Dude. wanted so badly to go to the ice capades. <sighs> That's why I took ice skating to lessons. Ice capades. I, know. I never did either. I Mm-mm. love the Well, you get a little bit of, I, I wonder if at the end when they're in that um, kind of exhibition, when it's like her and five other skaters, the one where I think it's the French skater just yes. completely falls. Who went bonkers. I wonder if those girls, the ice capade mm-hmm. skaters, were like her friends that she was like, we've got to get my friends in yeah. in the movie because that's classic ice capades. So like mm-hmm. Donnie and Marie, those are the ice capades yeah. type of yes. skating. Yes. I loved it. I love it. I could watch that for hours. Um, 
So anyway, the, they had originally planned to use an actress in addition to a skater in the movie, but then they realized it was going to be too much editing, so they needed to find a skater who could also act. So it was, I think it was like the head of the Ice Capades knew that Lynn Holly Johnson had done some acting and modeling. She actually, this is an interesting fact, as a child had played Helen Keller in a production. So that's how she knew how to play blind. Oh, my oh. God. That mm-hmm. is such good not, information. And, yeah, not in one that was like, because I, when I told that to my husband, he was like, wait, what? How did we miss that? I was like, not in like the ones that were, I don't know if it, it doesn't. Where I got the information doesn't say if it was, you know, a community theater production right. or where it was, but but not she had training on, the big on how to do that. She had, she had blind girl training because I think that's where she succeeds. Well, when people, no okay, matter well, what people well, say, well, we'll talk about. Yeah, it. Mm-hmm. we might disagree on that, but we'll talk about. It. Uh, so she, well, you know who doesn't disagree with you? She was the Golden Globes because she was actually nominated for a Golden Globe for I love this category. They should still have it today. They don't, but it was called New Star of the Year in a Motion Picture in 1980. But, and you guys, I love this throwback, she lost to Bette Midler for <gasps> The Rose. Oh. Interesting, though, um, one more fun fact that's interesting is, um, and I don't have this written down, so I'm going to do this from memory, but um, about 10 years ago, I think it was, she had a stroke. She just was on an airplane going wow. from, like, Los Angeles to New York or the other way around, and um, said her arm just started, like, like kind of flapping, and I think she was with her mom or something, and... Um, yeah, classic signs. She had a blood clot, interestingly enough, because oh so did Lexi. She had a blood mm-hmm. clot. She had a stroke. And guess who she reached out to to ask questions about her stroke and her recovery was Robbie Benson, because Robbie Benson has had four open heart surgeries. I believe it's yes, four. It could it be more. Four. It might is be it five. four? Because um, only about six years after Ice Castles, he also, I think he collapsed or something, mm-hmm. discovered that he had a heart defect that had had forever that had been undetected and he has since not only had four successful open heart surgeries but has gone on to be a spokesman for different causes um you know with i don't know cardiac causes and um anyway so lynn holly johnson reached out to robbie benson 10 years ago when she also had to have surgery and um they both said they hadn't talked in decades and it was lovely and they just remembered how each other was lovely and he couldn't have been more of a help to her and more kind and everything and so don't you love hearing that that does speak to their chemistry too because they did Mm -hmm. have good chemistry and i always thought whenever they were kissing i always wondered like how does lynn holly johnson feel about kissing robbie benson like does she know she's she didn't know who he was no no, I can answer that question. In wow. my research, she was so busy with the ice capades and in her tour, loved being in the ice capades that she did not really, he wasn't on her radar at all. So she didn't really get that whole he's already, because he was pretty much yeah. an idol. She mm-hmm. didn't. Yes, he was. She didn't get that at all. I'm thinking, though, after that first kiss, she was done. Mm-hmm. I okay. have more about Lynn Holly Johnson because I okay. am not. So, first of all, when I was a kid and people, it, it was obviously panned very publicly her performance was panned very publicly and as a kid I was like what are you talking about like I just wasn't discriminating enough to be able to say whether somebody was good or bad at acting I thought every movie I saw was the best movie I'd ever seen um now I'm not I'm not going to go to bat for the fact that this was uh you know good acting necessarily however it still works for me and I couldn't really identify why it still worked for me it seemed appropriate and I didn't just look at it as a poor performance and then ironically enough I found some people on rogerebert.com discussing this exact thing these are actual 
<laughs> Carolyn, you were both you were both chasing that same rabbit. And they said she had a greenness about her mm-hmm. that was appropriate for this shy yet ambitious character and it actually lent a great authenticity to the movie that it really actually needed and I was like boom there it is mm-hmm. that's exactly how I feel is this great no but it's working it works yeah. for her character it works for the setting I agree and I read that too and when I read that I it was sort of like a light bulb like oh yeah okay that changes my how I feel mm-hmm. about it a little bit. And that speaks uh, to the success of the movie as well, right? right? If something is so bad, people aren't going to go see it. But we did. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Something else, and I, I didn't go down this rabbit hole, but I would love to um, count the lines of dialogue each of those characters had. They didn't talk a whole lot no, in they it. Didn't. If you, um, and I'm wondering if that's maybe not one of the reasons, too. They knew <laughs> she wasn't like the best actress ever. Um, and even he didn't talk a whole lot in it. Um, well, he couldn't. Well, this is true. <laughs> was he trying to do an accent or what was it? We, my husband and I discussed that too. I was like, is he trying to do a Minnesota, like a Minnesota accent? It. No. That's not it. I feel I like Tom Scarab was trying was to do a little bit of a Minnesota accent yeah. too. Would be remiss if we didn't mention Colleen Dewhurst yes. because she's amazing oh, in yes. everything. And I love yes. her. And Tom Scarrett. I mean, to see Tom Scarrett yes. like young and, and he's yes. oh he's he's dreamy all the way through. Right? And Colleen I mean, Dewhurst, can I just say Colleen Dewhurst equals Burgess Meredith in the Rocky movies? Yes. Oh, it's yes. the same it looks like him too. They look alike. <laughs> They're saying the same thing. You gotta yeah. get up, Rock. Right? It's yes. the same person but um and and another thing about tom scarrett's that's hard to say tom scarrett's Scarrett's character character. Mm -hmm. a little tongue twister um as the kind of grumpy overprotective single father he's so sympathetic and and believable in that because i think from the very beginning we can all put ourselves especially as parents now in his shoes and it's it's it was written really well. I thought the character was written really well. Um, it was very believable. All of his emotions surrounding everything Lexi was going through were very real. And I except do for think... the part where he doesn't go say goodbye to her and he's under the tractor. We're yeah. like, dude, get, get out. out. He's just get going up. to Colorado. Grow up. Grow Walk up. her to the car. Um, yeah. But I do think he's very sexy in his tall socks and his rubber boots. <laughs> I uh, and his flapper hat, his ear. You guys, she's hat. Minnesotan, of course she does. <laughs> so that is sexy to me. There's there's Kristen's Minnesota coming mm-hmm. coming out a little bit. Right. So now we're going to talk more about. Let's focus on Lexi, the character okay. Lexi. So mm-hmm. she's way more complicated than she appears at the beginning. She goes through a lot of shit in this movie, you guys, and she grapples with some very real, confusing, challenging emotions from being the farm girl to the quick rise to fame, to the attention that she doesn't know how to deal with, to her injury that we aren't entirely sure wasn't premeditated, to a glimpse into how she isn't over her mother's death, to her return to the security of home and Nick, and then weirdly back to Brian for a moment, and we'll talk about that later. This girl's arc is like a roller coaster track, up and down, up and down. What do you guys think? Lexi goes from being a little girl to a woman, but not on her own schedule. Mm-mm. That's um, great. Right? It's not her choosing. And so when she is in her little town, she's a little girl. And she has her little girl voice. And she has her little girl haircut and her little girl skating suit. And then the fancy schmancy um, coach from the big city takes her away and makes remakes her in her own image. And now she's like this little child bride with her, with her updo, her fancy swirly updo, like Love American style. And she has a blazer on and she has boots and high heels. And they even have her at the party drinking champagne. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's not okay. That's just one. That's just one of the criminal um, activities we'll talk about yes. in a little bit. But this movie depends on her going from small farm girl yeah. in Beulah's old, you know, blue skating outfit with a Peter Pan collar, with the like, you know, kindergarten writing embroidered <laughs> on her little <laughs> collar, and her, you know, it's. It depends on that. That the the uncomfortable trajectory that she takes. Yeah. And then, um, like I said, you know. We're not entirely sure what she did. It wasn't premeditated. She'll, you know, she tells it's very heartbreaking when she tells her dad at the end, "I didn't do it on purpose." Yeah, um, that that breaks your heart. But at the same time, she didn't go out there to um, to fall and to become blind. But she did go out there to escape, and she didn't know what else to do. Yeah. she was so uncomfortable, and all she knows to do is to skate. So she did go out there, and she was furious, and is in this party. She's very out of her element. She's very uncomfortable. And she, she had been drinking. In. Let's add that. They don't make a big deal of that, but she Couple had drinks, been drinking. Yeah. yeah. But she's very uncomfortable and out of her element. So what does she know to do to like fit in is she goes out to skate. And does she throw the triple to show off? Or does she throw the triple because she's like, I want to throw the triple? I don't think so. I think that was a little girl moment. Not a woman moment. I think she was rebelling, and I think she was out there to get crazy and bust out of her big big girl clothes, and that's where she threw the triple and ran yeah. to the patio furniture. <laughs> over and over, over yes. and over again. I can still see her head just crashing into things. <laughs> Chain links oh, and bars and chairs. Yes. Oh, that went on a little boom, bit too long. Boom, boom. I always wondered too the scene the next scene they're like oh my god I the know doctor what you're goes say. the doctor goes they're like the doctor all of a sudden is like well when she was in her coma or when she came out of her coma she and we're like oh shit she was in a coma that's the kind of thing <laughs> we just glossed lot. right over that yeah. we went from bashing her head over and over to yeah. all of a sudden it's a week later let's not forget yeah. she's been in a coma I'm sure how every you know what what was the dad's reaction when they called and the for dad? how he had to long? get all the way to Colorado yeah. is it months. Or a day. Yes. Okay. No, we're just going to skip right over that. But we're you know my, to... my favorite line, though, from that scene? My number one favorite line from that scene is the doctor saying, nice scan, Diane. <gasps> <Yes>! <laughs> Why is that there? So I had to ask my husband, because he works in healthcare and oh, stuff. Right. That, that's that a whole nice scan. First of all, I thought, is that a real doctor that they just gave that job it, to? It seems because like I it. thought he was such a bad bad actor that I actually went so far as to Google it. I thought, did they give this to a real doctor so he could sound convincing when he had to use some of these words? Because that guy was not um, a great actor. And why did we need to know some of that stuff? Like, yeah. you know, so with a little medical techie that you're not telling us a whole lot of other stuff in this movie like how but you we are got... saying that it's a nice scan like no yeah, writer exactly. no screenwriter put nice scan diane in the dialogue right. maybe they maybe. won some contest or something i don't know <laughs> okay i know you've been me. waiting for this okay. you guys have been waiting for this so this must be addressed so the romantic relationship between lexi who we know to be 16 and brian the sports broadcaster who is very clearly a grown ass man would, you guys, would we say he's in his 30s? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I checked, I thought so. actually. I and checked. also, he's evidently the boyfriend of our new coach. Yes. Because they embrace. And this relationship is given to us with zero explanation of any kind of alluding to the inappropriateness or the criminal activity of it. We're supposed to accept it. We're supposed to accept it, no questions asked. And everybody else does accept it because they don't keep it hidden. No. Right. They kiss in front of 
not that's where Nick comes and sees her, remember, mm-hmm. because they're kissing. She gets off the ice and she's had a great performance. And not only do they kiss in front of the coach who we thought was his girlfriend, they kiss in front of the thousands of spectators. And he's clearly he's a well-known sportscaster. She's and we all know TV. that she's 16. Yeah. He's on TV. Mm-hmm. There's so many layers of, um, like I said, inappropriateness and criminal activity. Um, and then, again, when he comes in, I think it's that scene where she runs her hand over her boob. And mm-hmm. she's sitting there. He comes in and puts his arms around her and kisses her bare neck. And it's so creepy. Um, and then even at the end, and I'm so disappointed in Lexi at the end, he comes in and when she's blind and he holds her face, he kisses her and she kisses him back again. But remember, she's right. only she's a little girl, so she's not going to pull away. She's just a little girl. She he's the one in oh. charge. He's in charge. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. But by now, you guys, yeah, talk about this. Discuss amongst yourselves. It I can't talk about it disgusting. anymore. Disgusting. It's and it was inappropriate then. Okay, we do also have some some other examples like Laura and Almanzo were also not comfortable with that, right? Um, yeah, but they were. That was in the 1800s. People got married, and it was at only age six 16. years. Yeah, it was. It was the 1800s. It was six years. Um, so she's supposed to be 16. I looked up. The actor was born in 1945. So oh he would have been well into his 30s. He's more than twice her age. He's an established broadcaster on TV, and it's okay to have a 16 year old as your girlfriend. When has that ever been okay? I guess unless you're like Jerry Lee Lewis or something. Yes, and I'm sitting here with my mouth just on the floor. Um, first of all, I watched this movie with my husband and my 16-year-old daughter. And when the very first, one of the very first scenes where they're in the same room and he looks kind of longingly at her across the room and Grace immediately was like, ew, like she picked this up right away. I don't think I said ew. When no, I, I don't first think I did either. Movie. Oh, I remember being creeped out by. by I it don't for think sure. I was. And and same reason with the Little House on the Prairie stuff. I think this stuff happened, and we all just that's just the way it was. And I have gone down kind of a deep dark hole of like my high school experiences, and just thinking that's just the way it was. Like you know, you didn't question it. Obviously, no one questioned it in that ice rink when he kisses her. No one is standing up saying this. It's just like this is how it. I think our culture was. We no one brought it up when it came out in the movie. It no just... one on the set brought it up. Yes. Nobody in the writers' room said this isn't a good idea. Exactly. Lynn Holly no, Johnson's was... mom didn't say anything. It was never presented as inappropriate. Right. Never. That's the whole thing. Like it's normal. So it was that's... only presented as like her cheating on Nick. Right. And yes. that's how we grew up. We grew up under that umbrella mm-hmm. of thought of that. And mm-hmm. um, a male, older, I mean, you just, it's just the way it is. Like if you're this teacher and you're does something kind of eh or whatever, mm-hmm. you just, you, you know, just keep on walking. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And that yep. just makes me sick because Grace knew, which made me happy, that that moment of he, he just looking at her that way was like, ew. And she called it out the entire time and she could not believe this was happening and this movie was out and no one was saying anything like that she was like where are the people yelling at him yeah who's not yeah. pulling him away yeah where why isn't he in handcuffs right where are yes. the police well and just for perspective so 1945 being born in 1945 that would have been my parents age and lexi was supposed to be five or six years older than me so it'd be like me dating one of my parents friends oh. In real life, she was 19 when she was filming it. Um, I have a fun fact that's not fun, but creepy, relating to all of this. So um, 
It's a pretty juicy fact. So in the original script, Carolyn, wait to hear this one. Okay. There was a nude love scene. No. And Lynn Holly Johnson said she wouldn't take the part unless it was cut. So they cut it. But later in the filming, there comes a scene where she's supposed to take her shirt off. And once again, Lynn Holly Johnson says, no, no, no. And she refuses. And production was halted for two solid days <gasps> until they rewrote it. And Lynn Holly Johnson says it's very funny because people will always compliment her on Ice Castles. And it's a family film. And Carolyn, you said way back at the beginning, Mm -hmm. I got to go see it because it was PG when originally this movie would have been rated R and not considered a family film at all. And none of us would have seen it. No. And so my question that we need to discuss, guys, is... Where do we think those um, nude scenes were? Like, yeah, listen, with whom? Was Is it, it going to be between her and Nick? Or the pedophile? Because in the snow, or also at the end, after she's gone blind and they're in the ice rink, they very obviously go back to the Beulah's oh, office cute. to have yes. sex. Yes, Because he was... says, I want you. She says, I love you. And he's like, I want you. And then she's like, oh, Nick, where? And mm-hmm. he's like, but, and he's like, oh, go to Beulah's office. She's not here. Or was it going to be between her and that is cute? Or is it going to be yeah. between her and Bryant? Well, but not for Beulah. I think it was. Yeah, sorry, Beulah. Or was it going to be between sorry, Burgess her and Bryant? Because think of the scene when he walks in, and he kisses. He puts his arms around her and he kisses the side of her neck. Was it going to be then? Yes, it's then. I think, it's, and mm-hmm. I think that's when she was supposed to take off her shirt too. When she's got because she starts to untie the Ugh. little ribbon and she's touching her boob. And I was wait. Even now, I was like, is she going to take her shirt off? What is she doing? So I bet she Can just we, stopped. Oh, you guys, that 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 disturbs me to levels I can't even explain. I I'm gonna in my mind, I'm gonna hear what you said, Kristen, and I'm going to agree that you are probably correct, but in my mind forevermore, I'm going to think it was between her and Nick when they left the ice and she professed her love for him again. He realized after everything, um, I love you and I want to be there for you and let's go have sex because we're both consenting um, teenagers consenting and we teenagers. love each other very much. Right. <laughs> That's where I'm going to go too. Cause I don't, I just think that other one was too much of a line to cross. I mean, that would have, that would have been rape. Mm-hmm. I mean, you statutory know, rape. Right. It yes. literally would have been statutory rape. And yet clearly they weren't too worried about that. Right. But it never went there. No. Like, you know, I was even still surprised in the end scene where, First of all, the dad lets him talk to her by himself in the locker room. I've been thinking, I would not did have. Did you know yeah. about this? Mm-hmm. No, he Wait. did. You could tell the way he looked. You could tell he knew who Brian was. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. That's yeah, because thing. Brian was calling and Lexi was didn't oh, want to talk right. to him. And he, then dad said, you need to talk to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again. Like, so dad knows thinking. that she's dating a 35-year-old man. And Why oh, did all, they all let her be alone with him in there. Mm-hmm. Yes. An overprotective mm-hmm. dad who didn't even want her to go off to Colorado or whatever yeah. is now all of a sudden, yeah, that bothered me. So I'm going also with when they went off the ice. I mean, that's, come on, for yeah. all the the teeny boppers, although, like you said, maybe teeny boppers wouldn't have seen this movie, which would have changed the whole trajectory. We wouldn't totally. be having this conversation. Because adults would not agreed. have gone for the movie. That's right. not the trope that would have been Mm-mm. attractive to them. It was that preteen, young teen um, idealization of what a relationship is that people were attracted to. Mm-hmm. I have to wonder if the nude scene then became the shirtless scene. Yep. And if that's the case, then Kristen, I think you're right because that scene could have gone both ways. Right. It could have 
Ugh. And that's also when you realize they're together. Like before it's sort of suggested, but you don't know. And it's when she's kind of taking off her shirt. She's untying the bow and he comes up and he's kissing her on her neck and on her shoulder. And you got the heebie-jeebies. And that's when it's confirmed that she is an adult woman sleeping with a 35-year-old broadcaster. Wow. Mm -mm. That kind of makes sense. But, but yet, but... There. Then, then, um, but yet we're all sitting here like, this is our favorite movie. We're all gushing over the movie, but yet, because here's a question though, like, does it still hold up today? I mean, we still can sit here and be giddy over this mm -hmm. movie. And if someone asks me still, you know, mentions ice castles or I hear the theme, I'm immediately going to go back to that place of, oh, I love that movie. Mm -hmm. But yet now sitting here as 50 something year old women and talking especially about this really disturbing part of this movie what do we think i almost um i can't even answer because i'm only watching it from a place of nostalgia right so that's how i'm translating it i'm translating it through this mm -hmm. filter so sitting and watching it with mike is different because he's never seen it before so he just like pops up and he's like see ya and he's not going to discuss it with me because he knows i'll be like but the song he's like i've never heard the song <laughs> um so i cannot separate it but i think one thing that i think it does have a timeless quality as a throwback not as a not as translating directly to people today but as a throwback much like you would watch sound of music or something like that um did any of you see the remake? Recent oh, remake? Oh hell no! I'm Castle? not watching no. that. No, but but I would want. I now I I think it's available on for free on Amazon. Yeah. Or something, but now I kind of want to and, and fast forward to see. If, well, right, but do they do the same? How do they change the relationship? Oh. Because they can't do that. Well, remember when we were reading the review and we were texting? It said something about and now it's family friendly or appropriate. And Kristen said. Oh, what were they going to take out? Like, you know, kissing and, or I don't know, you had, a, mm -hmm. we couldn't figure out at that point before we rewatched it, what would have been so yes. controversial from the first one. Now, <laughs> yeah. watching it, now for uh, deep yeah, dive. there's probably not a 30-year-old sportscaster yeah. hitting on yeah. the 16-year-olds. Like, Kristen, you said watching it through, like, the lens of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. The final, you know, two minutes of the movie, minute and a half of the movie Put everything yes. back into place for me. Thank and you for saying so, that. Thank so you. will I? Will I watch it again? Absolutely, because the end, her skating performance, which is so triumphant. You're, you're the first time you watch it, you think she's gonna fall the whole time, and she doesn't. So she, she has this beautifully, you know, successful and emotional performance, and then the flowers, and then just watching Nick walk out with the tears streaming down his face. And when he picks her up and it's silent, the crowd is silent, and he just looks at her and he says, we forgot about the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she kind of laughs, and then he just slowly walks her to the center of that rink. And the crowd, I'm covered in goosebumps I know, saying yes. it right now. That and is so the movie to me, It is. To me, that moment makes, I don't know, it kind of erases everything else just in my, just for me. Um, which which keeps it keeps the movie rightfully in my in my you know list of movies that will always be really special and meaningful to me. Oh, you guys, isn't it fun to get lost in these movies again? Yes, thank you. I know this job does not suck. And speaking of this job, 
We are having so much fun and cannot thank you all enough for listening and reaching out to us to let us know how much you're enjoying these conversations. Yes, we really appreciate it. We really, really do. And we'd love it if you'd subscribe and also leave a rating and a review wherever you listen. Every time you punch those little stars on the ratings machine, that helps the algorithm so that people will see us and they'll listen to us. That's how we get more listeners. So we thank you for that. And make sure to follow along on social media. Our Instagram society in particular is having so much fun sharing stories and memories. Uh, And check out our website at poppreservationists.com. And join us next time on Galentine's Day when we will be celebrating the iconic Galentines, Mary and Rhoda. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast courtesy of Jack, Janet, and Chrissy to good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. 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 Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song